In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place. The ruling on the field stands. We deliver jerseys, funny foam fingers, and everything you need for the game. But what you really get is so much more. FedEx delivery. Game day spirit. What we deliver by delivering. Welcome to the Daily Memphian Tigers podcast. I'm Jonah Jordan, the Memphis Tigers football beat reporter, and today I'm joined by Drew Hill, the Memphis Tigers basketball reporter around these parts. How are you doing today, Drew? I'm great. We got a busy week in front of us. It's going to be quite chaotic. There's no news that has been announced in the last two days. Not much going on in the world of Tiger sports. It's a real bummer, isn't it? It's just like there's nothing happening. Okay, we haven't talked about this. I I like surprising you with subjects. I purposefully have not talked about this. I want to know where you were when you missed, when you saw the missed field goal. I was inside of an apartment, actually in Tuscaloosa. I was watching the game. I went with my parents to homecoming, and that game was there for maybe 10 minutes at the most. Went back, wanted to watch Memphis, watched the entire second half very, very intently, uh, and was like, I don't get nervous during Memphis games because I'm not a Memphis fan, but I just had a sense of what was on the line on that final drive, and I would be lying to you if I said that I didn't want Memphis to finally get that stop and yeah. make it happen, and I thought for sure he was going to make the field goal. But can we so, get can we get that guy? Uh, can we get what's his oh, name? Jacob Rainey. Jacob Rainey. Let's get Jacob Rainey, AAC Defensive Player of the Week. <laughs> It's just so strange because so many times I've so many times I've watched Memphis be on the other side of that where Riley Patterson is lining up for the field goal and he misses it or the guy, the other team drives down and it seems like they score a touchdown that's back breaking like Temple did or you know something happens where you know Memphis ends up not being able to win the game it always seems like the break goes the opposite way but now as Memphis fans are seeing to, to have this kind of season that you want to have to be where Mike Norvell wants to be to get to the Cotton Bowl, you have to have these kinds of breaks. Every team that has been there before has had a break. Something always happens in your favor that breaks the right way. So it broke the right way for the season. It broke the right way for game day. I think it's incredible. Like, like We've talked about it ad nauseum awesome. in the past. It's, it's probably the best moment in Memphis Tiger football history. Like, and I don't want to, I, I don't even think that's this an exaggeration. This is probably the biggest game, right? This has got to be the biggest regular season yes, game because, ever. I mean, as people on Twitter have pointed out, it's the first time two ranked teams are going to be playing the Liberty Bowl, which in the past Memphis has been ranked against Ole Miss, but they weren't ranked in both polls. Memphis and SMU are both ranked in the coaches poll and the AP poll. First time that's ever happened. Then you add on the fact that this is for the Western Division. This is for a possible birth in the Cotton Bowl. This, there's so much writing, and it all happened because this poor kid missed a field goal. Like, that's wild to me. Like, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's <laughs> I mean, I, I hate to say it, but it's awesome that the kid missed. I didn't feel bad for him one bit. I know oh, a lot I of people feel did. Bad. Uh, well, you know, Tulsa I've, isn't playing for much at this point. If I feel honest. less bad once I see them, the video of the kid. I don't know if it was the same kid who does kickoffs that does field goals, but they're one of their kickers whipping in and trying to like ninja kick 
Well, he did. He ninja tripped Chris Claybrooks, and it could have hurt Chris Claybrooks. Feel a little less bad for him. Kind of dirty. Kind of messed up. Not well, a fan of that. I thought that the reaction from the team was amazing. Like, just to see the Tulsa coach was shocked, as you would expect. But Mike ripped the headphones off and <laughs> go run it. Like, how they knew exactly what that meant, and that was pretty awesome. How shocked can you be when he, he's already missed so many game-winning field goals this season? Like, like yeah. Like, they should have gone for the touchdown. But when it's that short, man, no, you I would just kick it. There is no way if I'm Philip Montgomery. I bet you we could gather half of the high school kickers in this city, and if you line them up for, what was it, 29, 29 yards, yards? A 29-yard field goal, most of them could make okay. it. Okay, I'm calling it out. We're, we're going to do it. For Let's soap. gather all the kickers I would in like the city. any kicker, CBHS, MUS, Jeffrey Wright, if you're listening – I bet you Jeffrey Wright can make a 29-yard field goal. Maybe. Do you think he could do it? Uh, I don't know. I don't I really have any interest it. in whether or not Jeffrey can do it. But, okay, so high schoolers, any anybody listening to this podcast, take a video of you making a 29-yard field goal. <laughs> I will give you a Daily Memphian hat. I want it on one try. Oh, wow, that's a... I want it on one try. None of this You're Tom making Fury. promises I don't know if we can keep. Uh, I think we can do it. Yeah, I'm getting thumbs up. We can do it. We can make it happen. 29-yard field goal. If you can make a 29-yard field goal, I'll give you daily minute and I'll make it happen. I want a video. If you do it, if I feel like you, it took you multiple tries, Does this have to be in a game, or is this just no. like a video? Just go, I want the CBHS kicker to go out to the Tom Nick Stadium right now and kick a 29-yard field goal. Okay. I want to see it. I don't know if that's an NCAA violation. That may be. <laughs> yeah. We probably need to look into that. We may not be able to allowed to do that now that we now that I think about it. That probably is frowned upon. I'll, I'm gonna get in some trouble. <laughs> we're, we're gonna look into that. Never mind. But okay. But what do you think about the Tulsa game? I mean, I thought it was in general the the defense wasn't great. Secondary struggled. Pat the defensive line was not great. They really could not stop the run at all. It was gut wrenching. It was concerning. It was infuriating, and it was euphoric in the end. In all, yeah. It's just amazing. It feels like Mike Norvell teams, now they haven't had a ton of success in the championship games. I get it. They've lost on some bad calls at the end of games. I get it. But it seems like when they need to win in the regular season to keep the dreams of their season alive, they just find a way to do it. Yeah. Like, even as after they lost – Last year, and no one thought that they were going to go to the championship game. What'd they do? They just w- kept winning games and made it there. And I think, I think you're going to see that on Saturday, which is my uh, my hint at what my prediction might. Be. We'll do predictions here in a little bit, but right now, I think this team and Mike and his staff in general get these players to buy into the idea of overcoming adversity, being resilient, and I, I think that is a testament to how good of a coach he is. That. Not every coach can get every single team to buy into this ideology, to buy into their message. Even great coaches like Saban and all these other people have trouble with it sometimes. Mike's only been here for four years, obviously. He may end up having trouble with it eventually. But for the most part, like we've never seen these teams be like, these guys have quit. Like I've never watched the Memphis team and be like, dang, this team quit. And I think that is a great – like it's great for them. I like That's incredible. Yeah, no, it's been – it's been good to see. It's it, uh, Kenny Gainwell is just 
He's carrying them. It's amazing. What, I have a take. And he had he had that terrible fumble at the end of the game. It wasn't terrible. And Once you go back and watch the replay, it was a great play. It, by, it, it was terrible in that it happened, but yes. it was a great defensive play because I thought he was holding it, it out was, too it far. It was terrible and the timing was yes. terrible. Um, yes. But then you hear Mike come in on Monday at his luncheon and say, oh, yeah, when Kenny got back to practice, he had that look in his eye like he wants to make up for R. that. R.I.P. SMU. Yeah, so that that's encouraging. And I, I just want to know what's happened to all the Brady White haters, all the people They're that were mad at me. They're gone from All the people that were mad at me for being too easy on that Brady White. Throw, where, where are you guys? That throw, the 59-yard throw to DeMonte. Great throw. Strike. DeMonte got open. Boom, right there. And DeMonte talked about it a little bit today. He was like, yeah, the guy caught me from behind. He said, I turned my head back, and that guy turned on the Jets. And he was like, oh, man. But he did a great job of staying in bounds. The stiff arm to really kind of make the make it go a little bit longer because that could have not – that could have ended way sooner. But I, a great play. Brady White, man. Like, this is going to be the test, though. This right here. Right, He's had two like straight I, games. Yeah. And now this right here, one of the best pass rushes in the nation – the best pass rush in the AAC. Offensive line's a little banged up. Mike Norvell said he's not. It seems up in the air whether left guard Dylan Parham will be playing or not. Uh, Obineze is at practice. I think he was a little banged up in the game the other day. But, man, like if Brady White can have, come out here on the national stage and play as well as he has the last two weeks against SMU, it shuts everybody up, right? Yeah, but like you said, he's not safe from the criticism against SMU. If he comes out and he plays like he did against Temple, everyone's going to go right back to criticizing oh, yeah. him. So I, you know, I say where are the Brady White haters, but they'll be right back the yeah. second he he starts making mistakes. Look, when you look at what he's done this year, it numbers wise, you're right. When he's turning it over, he deserves criticism. But if you look at his passer rating, you look at his passing statistics. It's all there. I don't know what else you really can ask of the guy other than to maybe look like a better quarterback. Yeah. But the reality of it is, is the results are there, minus the turnovers. If he, if he doesn't turn the ball over and the offense does its job and he makes the throws he's supposed to make, they're going to be fine. The last two weeks he's made some throws I've never seen him make in his, like in his career. Like He's made some throws in the last two weeks that he couldn't have made last year. And I think that speaks to how much he's grown, really, but I forgot. My Kenny Gainwell take. I have a take. If he played at a Power 5 school, he'd probably be up for the Heisman. That's my that's my take. He leads in yards from scrimmage. He's like, he's got 900, he's almost had 1,000 yards rushing this year. He has the most uh, receiving yards out of any running back, despite having zero last week. He had one dropped pass. I think that's his only dropped pass of the season. He has two fumbles. Like, the kid's stellar. Like, if you look at the Memphis game notes, it's mostly Kenny Gainwell stuff. Like, he's going to be the first Memphis running back to have a thousand yards in a season. I think if he were at a Power Five school, we'd be talking about first Kenny Memphis Gainwell. running back to have a thousand. Memphis yards. freshman running oh. back to have a thousand yards because uh, Daryl Daryl had yeah. like eighteen hundred yards last year or something crazy like that. But I mean, it's just it's incredible, and I think he should be like people are giving him love on Twitter. He's finally hitting the national spotlight. This is his time. If he's ever going to go up for the Heisman, and he and he and if that's ever going to become a reality of him getting no, highly noticed, this is your weekend. This is your stage right here. Two hundred and two hundred. Do it. Is, that, see, yeah. is that a prediction? No, it's not a prediction. It's a like, oh, that'd be awesome if it happened, but it ain't going to happen. No, man, uh, that's you're putting some high expectations no, on that. No, game. I think he'll probably have two hundred rushing yards this weekend. 
But that's also how I think. So predictions, then we'll move on to basketball. What you got? Predictions. As I alluded to earlier, if this game were at SMU, I would 100% pick SMU. They both played Tulsa close. SMU kind of struggled against Houston last week. I think the Tigers get it done close, very close, and I will go 38-35 to Memphis. So they're hitting the over in your okay. – Yes. I'm going 56-45 You're going Memphis. way over. I think that this has potential to be a lot like – what we've seen from Memphis UCF in the past where it's just like score, 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 score. Because these defenses have shown the propensity to give up a lot of points. Oh, yeah. I think you're going to see a lot of points. There's going to be a lot of points. If one of these defenses shows up, I'm going to uh, like they may win the game. My biggest thing, it'll come down to whoever wins the turnover battle and whoever, whichever quarterback gets sacked the most. Yeah. And come back to me. And at the end of the week for the prediction, and I might I might change my mind. I think it's that close. Like I think that these teams are that evenly matched when you're looking at them. But because it's at home, because it's in the Liberty Bowl, I just think that Memphis is going to find a way to just squeak one out. Now we'll take a break for a message from our sponsor. The Daily Memphian Tigers podcast is brought to you by FedEx. Possibilities. What we deliver by delivering. So? CBU, Lemoyne Owen, I think we've learned some things. I yeah. think this team uh, is probably needs James Wiseman on the floor. Yeah, probably. that would probably be a good good thing for them. No, they have not looked great through two exhibition games. You just kind of got to call it what it is. That's the way Penny Hardaway has talked about it. That's the way you know some of the other coaches behind the scenes have talked about it. They just haven't been what they were expected to be. And I think a big part of that is not having James Wiseman, but a lot of it is they're still clearly learning on the fly. There's a lot of directing going on on the sidelines. Guys not really knowing where they're supposed to be. That's a problem uh, to me. They're, they're getting the rebounding and boxing out is certainly a problem. It's something Penny probably mentioned 15 times in the postgame press conference uh, last night after the LeMoyne-Owen game. They got so, a lot to work on. They got a lot to figure out, and I think I they question. realize that. I, my big problem here is that you've had a long time with these kids. Like the rebounding, the boxing out, whatever, those are the things you're going to have to deal with in the course of the season. But the straight-up not knowing where they're going is a problem. Yeah, they're still young. I, that this doesn't is, this matter. Is, this is a question that I asked Penny, and I said, last year you were also doing a lot of directing at this time of the year. Teaching a new, teaching your system new system to a brand new group of guys, and it felt like it took a couple games into the season. Granted, they did not have the Bahamas right last year. It felt like it took a couple games into the season for those seniors to figure it out. Is it different or is it the same now that you have all freshmen in their first year trying to learn your system? And the answer that I got was basically it is different with all freshmen simply because they don't even know the terminology yet. Like when he says box and elbow on defense, they didn't they had no idea what that meant before they got to college. So it's it's just going to take a while. And when you look across the country, Duke beat a, won their exhibition game against Northwest Missouri State or whoever the hell it was by 6 points. 
And this is just the reality of playing with young players and with freshmen. And I know people aren't really used to it quite yet, but this is just the way that it's going to be. I think you've had a long time with them. You have Malcolm, you have Ryan, you have James, you have Alex, who've all been on this team before, who know how Penny talk, who knows what he's talking about. You'd think they'd be able to impart that to their teammates. Like I, I, I have trouble believing some of that, but we'll see as the season goes on. I'm sure they'll get better. I'm sure they'll continue to learn. I know it is part of the, the learning curve, but just completely not knowing where you're going on the floor, it's a little bit alarming, but I'm sure they'll get it together. It is just one point and It is just CBU. They'll move on, start the season. When do they start the season? November the 5th. November South the 5th. South Carolina State. South Carolina State. Um, Damian Ball, concussion protocol. He's all good? Cleared, going to play, uh, or going to practice today. So coming up here in a couple hours from when we're recording this. Yep. Isaiah Stokes. Waiting on the, waiting on the waiver uh, request to be granted or denied. I think uh, based off of what's going on around the country with guys going home and getting cleared on their waivers, he might potentially – have a chance to get that cleared. Uh, I don't know what he would look like in the rotation anyways. That would be interesting to see. Okay. Um, Boogie Ellis, he's not hurt, but what would you think? He's hit a couple shots, missed a few. Lester Cano I saw, obviously, also has missed a few shots. Uh, just trying to get comfortable in the FedEx form, you think? Because I know that is that is also part of this learning curve is playing in an NBA arena. It's different than their practice court. Uh, the backdrop is different. It's been different for shooters, obviously, and those two guys are shooters. What do you think? I think it's more uh, just jitters than it is NBA arena or whatever else you want to attribute it to. I think in general, those two guys have had sort of an up and down summer and now beginning of the season. Lester looked great in the Bahamas at times. He didn't shoot. He hasn't shot the ball very well um, in these exhibition games, but he's rebounded really well. And it seems like Penny really likes his size He's a very confident kid, so I don't doubt his confidence at all. I think his shot will be back. I don't, I'm not worried about that at all. Uh, I think he's going to be a really good player for them and in a good spot. Boogie Ellis is a little bit different. He's playing a brand-new style. Uh, he actually in high school mentioned that he played on the ball a lot more. A lot of people talked about him being a scoring guard and not really a true point guard when he got here, but that he was going to play point guard because that was sort of his path to the pros. Well, he's playing off the ball right now because it looks like Alex and Damian are, in at least in the half-court setting, are going to be the two guys who have the ball in their hands um, playing point guard. I, that's going to take some adjusting for him. He He's talked about it, but his spot-up shooting has looked great so far. He had a great game against LeMoyne Owen. And he's another guy where he gets in the post game press conference, conference, and you can just tell he does not lack confidence at <laughs> no, all. So it's a if there's anything, group. if there's yeah, if yes, it's a confident group. If there's anything that they are, it, it's that. I I think there's a lot changes for those two guys and Tyler once James comes back. Really, it changes for everybody, but especially these spot up shooters, these guys who can come in and hit threes off of passes or off the dribble. I think Boogie's a little better off the dribble than some of these other guys, but I think once James comes back and the ball's kicking out, you can go weak side. Oh, this guy's open in the corner. It definitely seems like Penny wants the ball in the corner from what I've seen. The ball definitely seems to end up there a lot. Guys seem to end up open there a lot. I think James coming back will help that, but Precious, man, he's looked great. He's looked great. I want to see him against bigger competition. Because he's playing the five right uh, yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Like, 
I can't, I don't knock him at all because no. he's been awesome. Can't knock him anything that he's done because he's been awesome. And I think he's going to be a great player, but he should dominate against these teams because they're much, much smaller than him. And he's just physically he's so imposing athletic. against them. Right. So I want to see what he looks like when he goes up against a team like Oregon or another, or a yeah. team with some bigger size. I, I think he's going to be an awesome player. But I don't know exactly if we've figured out what he is yet. No. I think the moment where it was like, I think he had a moment in the first game against CBU where it was like, oh my gosh, he spun in the lane where he, he got the ball, made a triple move, and then spun. And honestly, that was something Penny was like, oh no, Precious, don't do that. <laughs> because he doesn't want him going one-on-one. He wants him playing team ball. Yeah, but it's still, it's like, man, he's so athletic. He can he He glides down the floor. You know, there are some guys who just move differently than others, and he's one of them. Like he really just glides up and down the floor. He moves so fast. I've been I've been so impressed by him from what I've seen. Um, anybody else you want to talk about specifically? I mean, we got to talk about James, right? Oh yeah, we did kind of just glance we over. We got to talk about James. Um, here's what I'll say about James at this point because I don't. I'm again. I'm not reporting this. I'm just when Penny says he has an ankle injury. I'm sure he has an ankle injury. We watched him getting treatment before his first game. Last night before the Lemoyne Owen game, he's running, jumping, dunking, cutting. He looks, honestly, he looks fine. He looks like he's ready to go. He's doing a full blown workout with the with the other guys that were out with Isaiah Stokes and and those guys. Um, he looks like he could play. And so at this point, if we don't see him in that first regular season game, then I'm going to be very suspicious as to what is going on because. Um, in the past, there's been times where players, it just takes them a little bit longer to get cleared, especially high profile guys that the NCAA has had their eye on for a long time. Um, and I don't know if that's what's going on here or or what the deal is, but, um, if he plays in that first game, which I think a lot of people are expecting him to play in, then I don't think there's anything to worry about. Then his ankle is fine and whatever. If he doesn't, it's going to be concerning because oh, no. that questions ankle looks gonna, pretty good. No, if he doesn't play in the first game, questions will arise. Yeah. You know, like Penny will have to answer some like legitimate questions after the game because, I mean, he's said, oh, we're going to have him back. Hopefully we'll have him back. Hopefully we'll have him back. He's been adamant that there is an injury. Um, and we have we saw him get treatment. I mean, yeah, you mentioned that Clearly he times. did hurt his ankle, yeah. And he missed the Bahamas with it. It was a shoulder. Yeah. And that was supposed to be for precautionary reasons too, but it's just not normal to hold your best player out of all six games where he's finally supposed to play with his team and, you know, be around them in a game setting like that. You know, none of these other teams, I, this is a point Gary Parrish has made on the radio several times. None of these other teams around the country are sitting their best players. So I don't know if it's just a precautionary thing or if he, it's up to James and James hasn't this has just decided that he's not going to play or what is going on there. Um, I know a lot of people are concerned about it, but I think we're going to get a lot of answers next Tuesday when they finally step on the floor. If there's no James Wiseman, it's going to be pretty concerning because you would think that it doesn't have to do with his ankle at that point because he looked so good in warmups and all the media was there to watch him. We all saw sort of the same thing. His ankle didn't look swollen and he was playing pretty fast. And I think that, I mean – do you think that Precious can play the five? Say if James yes. does miss yeah. some, he can continue playing the five. Yeah, they should have enough size at least to play South Carolina State because you've got 
Lance Thomas coming off the bench at 6'10". Um, he's done a good job protecting the rim. You hope he could get his rebound numbers up a little bit and get some more opportunities on the outside to shoot threes. But yeah, with Precious's rebounding ability and athleticism, put Lance Thomas in there too. You should be all right. All right. Any changes to starting lineup? I, I figure once Damian Ball gets back, maybe he'll replace Alex. Or do you think we'll see a Damian Ball, Alex Lomax, maybe starting lineup when Ball is healthy? No, I think you're going to get five freshmen um, if everyone's available. Penny mentioned yesterday that they were missing two starters, Damian Ball and James Wiseman, which tells you he thinks Damian Ball's yep. a starter. So I still expect that it's going to be uh, Damian Ball. I, I think the only question that's kind of raised now based off of the way DJ Jeffries has played in these first couple games and in the Bahamas is, is he a starter? Is it Lester in, at the three or is it going to be DJ at the three? I think that's probably the debate at this point. I think you're locked in with Boogie Ellis and Damian Baugh at the one and two, and you're locked in with James Wiseman and Precious Achua at the uh, four and five. I'd go I'd go with DJ at this point. I mean, he's shown so much. He's shown the ability to – I mean, he flies up and down the floor. He can get rebounds. He can shoot. Like, he's impressed me so much. I mean, he's been the guy who I was kind of – I wanted to watch. I wanted to see him on a college basketball floor, and he's impressed me so far. I mean, I know the competition wasn't what it will be, but I still think that's important for him to go out there and do that against those teams. But anything else? Are we all good for today? I think that's all we got. Everybody, I, I hope to see you down at college game day on Saturday. It's going to be a fun day. I know Jonah and I will both yeah. be down there. If you see us, come up and say something. Absolutely. Uh, so you can – uh, follow, find Drew on Twitter at Drew Hill underscore DM and me at underscore Jonah Jordan. And you can find the Daily Memphian podcast, which are powered by the OAM network, anywhere you find your podcast, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. Shoot it! Yeah! We deliver tickets, team merchandise, and everything you need for the game. But what you really get is so much more. FedEx delivery. Game Day Spirit, what we deliver by delivering. In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com, truth in place.